0: In 2008, a kind of coronation took place. Actually, it was kind of a mix of a coronation and, uh, dare we say, a reception of an alternative messiah. His name was Barack Hussein Obama, and he did that which other modern-day politicians couldn't do. He energized the highly coveted youth vote. So politicians of both parties generally ignored that youth vote or just paid them lip service every four years. But then along came Barack Hussein Obama. The first, as Joe Biden said, half black presidential candidate who was both clean and articulate. And he not only energized young people, he mobilized them into an army of advocates. Well, Backing Barack says a millennial writer helped accelerate America's decline into fiscal insanity and cultural craziness among the millennial generation. But Barack Hussein O's main appeal, says this millennial, was the messianic ways in which his presidential campaign was framed. His election wasn't just a matter of policy differences with a Republican candidate. It was a matter of political salvation. You'll remember that five days before his coronation, his inauguration, he said we're just five days away from the fundamental change of America. Well, apparently America was lost, but now was found. We were blind, but now we see. Our chains were gone. Barack had set us free. The act of redemption in the eyes of millennials came not through the cross of Jesus Christ because Mr. Obama covered over the cross so it wouldn't distract from his presentation. The nation's great awokening had begun. Not awakening, but awoken, and young people were so immersed in how Obama made them feel that they failed to evaluate the problematic policies he proposed. And with Barack at the helm, this army of young voters felt empowered to change everything that they had been indoctrinated to believe that was wrong about America. In fact, this millennial writer says... The Obama zombies have returned in the form of the Woking Dead. Well, those are not my words, friends. Those are the words of a millennial writing a foreword to A.J. Rice's book called The Woking Dead. He said society's vogue virus is destroying our culture. He's joining us here on Viewpoint today to talk about The Woking Dead A.J., it's good to have you on the program.
1: <clears throat> Brother Chuck, it is my pleasure to be here.
0: Well, I'll tell you, um, I'm, I'm a little concerned when you use initials, uh, acronymic kind of initials. A.J., are you trying to hide something?
1: <laughs> yeah, they're after me, the Woking Dead. They're uh, they are pounding on the front door, Chuck. They're looking for me. <laughs> so I, had to, I had to disguise myself. No, I've been going by uh, A.J. Rice really since... Uh, the third grade, when Mrs. Buzzard, uh, we had a we had a we had a bunch of Andrews in the class, so I decided to change my name up a little bit. It stuck.
0: Well, that yeah, and it has sort of a ring to it. AJ, uh, I like it. So, what is the reason for your selection of this awakening title, The Woking Dead? What's this about? Is this a play? Well, the on gentleman.
1: The- the, the, The gentleman that wrote the foreword, Jason Matera, he wrote a book 15 years ago called uh, The Obama Zombies," which, you know, (laughs) was about the millennials and their enchantment with Barack Obama. Right. So the woke, and I was in his wedding. He's a good friend of mine. It was a New York Times bestseller. Uh, I asked him to write the foreword because here we are again, except this time it's not the millennials. It's Gen Z. Mm -hmm. And they're enraptured. And it's less about the candidate. It's less about Joe, because Joe's kind of a, you know, reanimated corpse. I mean, he's not even a boomer. He's older than that. Um, it's more about the squad, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and and in particular, the way the culture has embraced and metastasized some of this political correctness since the Obama era. And so the Woking Dead, obviously, we're having some fun. I'm poking fun at The Walking Dead, but, you know, many, many things that we are dealing with in our culture, whether it's critical race theory or the 1619 Project or cancel culture, um, is part of what makes up The Woking Dead.
0: Well, apparently The Woking Dead is a very vast uh, representation in the uh, geopolitical, spiritual all of the different aspects of our country today because you've got 97 chapters that define <laughs> the various aspects uh, and interrelated uh, positions of the Woking dead uh if they're if they're dead how can they be having such an impact
1: well they're they're the walk they're they're
0: they're, they're among us
1: right they're walking among us even though they're woke look it, We are fighting. We've always had, you know, big government. We've always had the nanny state. We've always had political correctness. But what has gone on here with the Me Too movement, with Black Lives Matter, um, with the sort of LGBTQ mafia trying to take over aspects of our schools? What has gone on here is a a full-blown cultural tyranny against the population of the United States. We had a medical tyranny. That's the other virus. That virus was used to capture us, keep us in place, can't go to prom, you can't go to graduation, you can't go to the baseball game. And you can't go to um, church. can't go to church. You can't go see grandmama and, and when she's sick. And while they had us locked down with the medical tyranny, they started slow-pumping this cultural tyranny into us. And look, there's always been an attack on the language, but it accelerated at the end of the Obama years, and then when Trump came along, the dam broke. Because he drove them, he broke them. I mean, they, some of these people have, they, they broke in half inside. And, you know, some of the worst parts of what is really cultural Marxism floated to the surface of our, of our you know, culture. And it's, it's, it's entertainment, it's sports, it's everything from Broadway to Hollywood, it's in academia, and it's in the government school.
0: It is. There's no question about it. <clears throat> it has metastasized like a slow-moving cancer that has now gained such dominion uh, in the uh, the life of the country that it is now more than just a slow-moving cancer. It has gotten a grip on even all of the organs of the country.
1: Right. So what I compare it to is kind of like a retrovirus. that lowers America's immune system. You know, kind of like HIV. It doesn't right. it doesn't kill you outright. Something else comes along later and kills you.
0: All right, we want to talk about what that is when we get back from this break, friends. A.J. Rice's book, The Woken Dead, it's on our website, saveus.org. The Woking Dead may be somewhat of a pop-culturist uh, capturing idea and title, but the reality is it's true. And how did it happen? Some people might be offended by the manner in which we introduce the program here today by reading uh, Mr. Batera's commentary as a millennial telling us how he believes that this really took hold through the reign of Barack Obama. Now, some people might think, well, it went too far to refer to him sort of as a messianic figure. Apparently not. Because Der Spiegel magazine, one of the premier news magazines there in Germany, on its front cover featured Barack Obama and said the Messiah factor, the Messiah factor. An educator well-known in the northeast of this country said, Barack Obama is my Jesus. And then in 2012, in the second reiteration of the election of Barack Obama, the Democratic Committee or Democrat uh, Convention refused, were refusing to use the name of God at all in their platform. On the other hand, they had a vast image of Barack Obama with a halo over his head. How are we to understand this kind of imagery? It meant something to the people who voted. It meant something more profound, perhaps, than most people, and even most Christians, even comprehended. What we're talking about here today is what our special guest AJ AJ Rice that is <clears throat> says is society's vogue virus that's destroying our culture. A vogue virus. In other words it's popular, it seems to be in vogue. It's the th- it's the thing for the for the culture today and yet is profoundly destructive. So AJ uh, why is it that how is it that this really is in such vogue today that even the major corporations of America feel compelled to conform to it
1: well, you know I was listening to you, your intro there and it reminded me of something it reminded me that you're allowed to pick on god or religion but only if you pick on the right god if you pick on the allah God, you're done. If you pick on the Karl Marx God, you're done. If you pick on the Obama God, the Obama Messiah, you're done. All jokes under the woke standard have to be directed towards Christians, Jews, and capitalism because they're not protected classes. Um, We're dealing with people that are filtering everything through identity. See the difference between millennials and Gen Z, and a lot of people don't realize this, is millennials filtered everything through purpose. Now, sometimes the purpose was dopey, like taking pictures of your food, but it's still having a purpose is a, somewhat of a novel effort. Whereas Gen Z, which is pretty much everyone born after nine eleven, the last, you know, they could be twenty years old right now. Um, they filter everything through sexual orientation, race, gender, so identity. And the irony, of course, is that they're having a hard time with their own identity because somebody might be a female on, on Tuesday and not a female on Wednesday. And that is, scary.
2: Well, it we is are scary. not
1: teaching our We're not teaching our young people to focus on excellence.
0: Or on reality. Think about Correct. this, A.J., We are being told that the suicide rate is up dramatically. It's up at every level dramatically among the young. I wonder if we haven't just put our finger on the primary reason. They have no, it's a complete identity crisis. They don't know who they are and they don't know what they're about. They don't know why they're here. And so they've embraced a, of Wo- a, a vogue, wokish kind of uh, counterfeit meaning that has no meaning.
1: And look, the people that are the purveyors of wokeism, this is what they want. They want a captured generation that can be their loyal foot soldiers for the next 50 years, either through activism or just by being sort of a drone and doing what the government you know, tells you to. I mean, that's really the goal. And hopefully you can help break down the middle class by doing that. You know, it didn't really work on the boomers. It hasn't really worked that much on Gen X. And, I, and I, as a millennial, as a geriatric millennial, but a millennial nonetheless, I will tell you, there are some millennials that did vote for Barack Obama when they were dopey in their 20s, but they're not going back. It's like the boomers voting for McGovern in 1972. <laughs> they did something dopey, but they're not going back. Because the way that this country has been managed here, for the last couple decades, young people are having a hard time starting a family, owning a home. We had the, we had the, we have this virus. We had the 08 financial crisis. I mean, and even, there's, been, there's been some traumatic events where there's arrested development taking place. And
0: even before those traumatic events, the term "failure to launch" was also being talked about by sociologists sure. because young people. Uh, The millennial generation could not find an anchor for their soul. Uh, They were uh, staying at home until their mid-30s. They refused or were terrified to get married. And uh, this is part of the the cultural picture in which this uh, vogue virus has taken hold and seems to be commandeering the American soul.
1: Absolutely. I mean, Barack Obama made it okay to stay in your parents' healthcare till you're 26. So, you know, that's the that's it, look, is there all this is all this sort of coddling of the American mind, right? And that's really what it is. And if you think, I mean, buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, if you think the millennials, you know, were, you know, progressively unhinged, Gen Z takes it to another level because they are the first generation that were born with one of these dopey Smartphone devices in their baby hands.
0: Interesting. Now, I'm going to bring something up here, not because it has major substance, but, but for what it suggests. And that is we had Generation X. We had Generation Y. Now we generation have Generation y. Generation
1: Y are the millennials.
0: Now we have Generation Z. That's the end of the alphabet.
1: Yeah. So I have a nine-month-old, and th- this generation <clears throat> that is being born, and the parents are millennials. Uh, they call they're calling them Alpha, so uh, Generation Alpha. So I guess we're gonna, we've now switched over to the <laughs> the Greek alphabet. Or well, the
0: only before. thing left after that will be Omega. Yeah. The beginning yeah, and true. the end. That's right. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, just, just to think out loud here a little bit, it might help us to get a perspective on what's really taking place. So let's, you, you have so many uh, ways in which you have applied this uh, concept of the Woking Dead, society's uh, vogue virus. Let's pick out uh, half a dozen of these to truly go for it and, uh, and, and really dig in and show what this looks like. Take a picture, well, number one.
1: Well, look, your audience needs to know where, where they came from. They didn't just, you know, they're not just falling off of the, you know, growing on trees like crab apples. I mean, the Woking Dead are the, the latest iteration of something that we've been dealing with since before World War One. So what happens is, even before the Soviet Union, uh, you know, emerges in the aftermath of the uh, overthrow of the Romanov family. Marxism is here
0: mm-hmm. and they
1: get here and they survey the landscape in the United States and it dawns on them that the people here are God-fearing, they are looking for a blue-collar revolution out of these people, but they're not willing to do it. They're not going to get a revolution of, of carpenters and plumbers and meatpackers and lumberjacks and longshoremen. In other words, here they're not the going
0: to States, start the French Revolution.
1: Correct. And the, or the Bolsheviks or they're the not going to get. It. So, I mean, to be, why? Because our blue collar people are patriotic. They fight in our wars. They they, you know, make our food
0: and God I mean, fearing at the
1: turn of the century. I mean, you had the Spanish-American War, the World War One was about to happen. I mean, I'm sure you had 40 year old, you know, 60 year olds, probably they had if they were 20 years old, had fought in the Civil War. So they needed different foot soldiers. And they needed someone to do the long march through the institutions for the next 100 years. So what did they look to? They looked to Broadway, and they looked towards early Hollywood, the silent picture industry. They looked to the media. They looked in the Democrat Party with Wilson and Margaret Sanger. And they found allies in in academia, in the public schools, the government schools. So if you fast forward to today, Chuck, 100 years later, these are the same villains, right? These are the Woking Dead. The only difference is this. Today, they have an an ally that they did not have 100 years ago, and that is big tech. Big tech acts as their digital brown shirts. They deplatform, They demonetize. They shadow ban. They pick winners and losers. See, 100 years ago, if you wanted to censor the Bible or George Orwell or Ernest Hemingway or Mark Twain, that took a, a Herculean effort to try to do that whereas today they can knock somebody offline with the flip of a
0: switch cancel culture absolutely Correct. i think you've analyzed this very well uh certainly not comprehensively but very well so we can understand the trajectory here friends the book is called the woking dead and uh it's a uh a very substantial book let's see yeah uh 27 dollars will put this uh book in your hands. uh, It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be humorous in one sense. Seriously humorous. Let's put it that way. And uh, it's a hardbound book. Right there on our website, saveus.org. If you would like, you can write to us at Save America Ministries, PO Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Or you can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA the woking dead, the woking dead that don't want to work. They want a freebie handed out. They believe that uh, they are owed everything, and it is an entitlement mentality. So where does that mentality come from?
1: Well, I mean, if you have generations of goodies being given out, where, you know, the government, and, and quite frankly, they don't always promise, they don't always fulfill their promises. But if you look at even the most recent attempt by the president to um, forgive student loan debt, those aren't the student loans of a veterinary technician or a, or a dental hygienist. Those are people, Chuck, that majored in some sort of... Underwater basket education. weaving,
0: women's, yeah, women's basket issues. Weaving. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly, exactly. You know? um, so that, that's who gets bailed out. You know, the kids that you're stepping over in the aisles at Barnes & Noble with the Bernie Sanders tattoos on their forehead. You know, I mean, that's you. That's, that's, and, and look, it's an attempt to buy votes. 100%. Is it constitutional? We're going to see.
0: But Wouldn't we you know, normally, of, under the law, call that a bribe?
1: I think you would, wouldn't you? But look, you know, the, fa- the president's from a family of grifters. He doesn't see it any different. Um, you know, you and your audience have been paying for him and his brother and his son for 50 years. So um, they're throwing everything at the wall, mainly because they saw what happened in Virginia with Glenn Youngkin, mm. and they're scared. They're really scared.
0: Well, Glenn Youngkin has proved to be somewhat of a stalwart uh, carrier uh, of of truth and uh, trying to get back to the foundations of our country. Uh, of course. This program uh, was dedicated from the very beginning in 1993 to rebuild the foundations of faith and freedom uh, as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation, America's greatest crisis hour. That's why we we formed Save America Ministries there in 1993 uh, as I was practicing law there in California, uh, AJ. So uh, what you probably didn't know, is that in 1992, as I was sitting in my law office in Pasadena, California, the Lord spoke to my heart. I know that sounds pretty amazing that God would speak to an attorney, but he did, uh, that I'd been pleading the cause of men long enough, and he wanted me to plead his cause in the land, Uh, again, as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. And uh, so that began the next iteration of my life. But interestingly, before that, Uh, I taught public school in California in the, for for nine years, nine years. And one of the things that happened during those nine years was the complete shift of American education uh, and its philosophy and its uh, uh, foundations so that they developed what were called values clarification. Maybe we can talk about that when we get back and find out what that really is.
2: There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage Divorce and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer, and revival information, all at saveus.org.
0: We're confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective here on Viewpoint, 27 and a half years running now. Today, our special guest, A.J. Rice, with his book, The Woking Dead. It's available on our website, $27. It's a hard bound book. And uh, there's, there's a lot of humor in it, and you'll probably enjoy that as he works his way into your mind and your heart to reveal uh, an awful lot of what has happened in our country and why it is happening. Uh, AJ, I'm thinking of uh, back in those teaching days in Southern California. I taught in Baldwin Park, and uh, starting along about the late 19, about the early 1970s, this was right after the culmination of the uh, uh, Vietnam War and the sexual revolution, everything began to fundamentally change in American education, starting in the, uh, the upper echelons of the institutions in America's universities and spilling out then into the the classrooms well one of the principal manifestations of this was what is called values clarification now the the concept of values clarification was your parents and your churches and the institutions that you have come to trust are not accurately communicating to you the real values so our values need to be clarified now what they meant by that was not that the values needed to be clarified but that the values needed to be changed and the authority undergirding those values had to be repudiated and so in order to do that and I don't know if you're familiar with this you you certainly didn't live through this era but we began to experience mandates to On our own time on the weekends, we were required to go to these special sessions for the encounter revolution, the encounter movement. And what that meant was you had to learn how to speak again. You could no longer talk in terms of truth. You could no longer talk in terms of facts uh, or express an opinion straight out. What you had to say and required to say from there on out was, I feel, I feel. You couldn't even say, I believe. You had to say, I feel. So if you wonder, as a millennial, where that came from, that's where it came from. It came from the early 1970s and the indoctrination of uh, teachers all across the land. And it metastasized into our churches, so feelings became the final arbiter of truth.
1: And and look, you know, we're dealing with it now. I mean, this is this is what makes wokeness a dangerous ideology. It, mm-hmm. it combines it combines the noxious noxious stew that takes you know deconstructionist garbage, which used to be just in the humanities departments of college institutions. And it's now spoon feeding it into kindergarten, into pre K, post modernism, cultural Marxism, social justice. You were the you were dealing with the first domino of that, at least in the modern era. That's what that was. If That's where the sixteen nineteen project comes from.
0: I, I I've lived through it. I've watched it happen point by point as each domino fell, and uh, you know so many people can't connect the dots. But I've been there as the dots began to appear and am able to translate that, I think, in a way that is meaningful and helps us to understand where we are. A lot of people will say, well, you know, uh, I'll I'll just go to church and get it all figured out. Well, the problem is that the church largely now, uh, and it doesn't matter whether it's an evangelical church or not, this wokeism has made its way everywhere and it's about the lordship of feelings that now defines truth. Yes. So in fact there is no truth. It's all up for grabs. How do I feel today?
1: And uh, look, this is the baptism of Karl Marx. And it, it's it's in the Catholic Church, it's in evangelical churches, it's you know it's in you know Anglican and Episcopalian, it's everywhere. Yeah. And you're right. I guess the question is What do they want? And it's what they've always wanted. They want Greco-Roman, Judeo-Christian civilization, Western civilization, to be rewritten in their bleak image. Why do you think you saw so many people in the left-of-center media come out last week and trash the head of the Anglican church who had died, the Queen of England? Mm. They were trashing her.
0: Yeah, because she stood she she stood for a kind of tradition and authority that had bound the world in a way that preserved us from chaos and they They didn't like it.
1: They say that she's it's a mountain of lies, she's a white privilege, the empire was built on the backs of this and that. But look, here's a woman that fought the Nazis, who was a staunch cold warrior against Every atheist Marxist regime on the planet, including the Soviets, and quite frankly, if I was the House of Windsor, I would say you're welcome to the planet, because no no family has given away more medicine and wealth and spread commerce and spread education than the English speaking world. No one on this planet can touch the English speaking world. And now England
0: has a woke king.
1: Yeah. So look, I you know I wasn't. I'm I'm prepared to get into that in the future. I didn't want to do it last week, but I'll tell
0: you, (laughs) Charles.
1: Charles is is cut from different cloth. He's you know she fought the she fought the Nazis. He's going to fight global warming. So your audience can make up their mind on where his priorities are. I guess I guess it'll be interesting to see. He's coming to the crown at an at at a you know older age. Whether he'll want to go out there and you know, weigh in on some of this woke social justice warrior causes. Um, he does spend a lot of time with the sort of international uh, moneyed class. He spends time at Davos and with the World Economic Forum. Right. Um, you know, without diving too deep into that, because my book doesn't really get into that. I mean, some of these people that, that, that love phrases like the Great Reset, uh, they don't have Christianity or Judaism or Western civilization in their best interest.
0: They don't have it in their interests at all. They believe that it has to be crushed and removed. And how did that happen? How did we get here? Well, I want to throw something out to you. Uh, It used to be in America uh, for generations that if a man was deemed to be uh, righteous, in his own way, we're not talking about uh, biblically righteous, but uh, a good man, that his word was his bond, that he could be trusted. He was referred to as a God-fearing man. So, when was the last time you heard anybody use that word to describe someone?
1: So well, uh, been a while. I,
0: yeah. mean,
1: I I hear it, you only hear it in fiction now, right?
0: Yeah, only in fiction, only in fiction. That's why the Bible's in a museum now in washington d c, yeah, so <laughs> it's true because in nineteen eighty three Congress ordained the year of the Bible. why? because they believed that the Bible was on its way out they didn't like what they saw, so they said we'll de- we'll declare it the year of the Bible because actually it was an immemorium to the authority of the wow. Bible in America, so now it's in a in a in a uh A true memoriam.
1: But we have this pattern, don't we? We have the the people that are woke or the progressive radicals, cultural Marxists. They have been in an attack on all of any document that shows or book that lifts up Western civilization or that shows that we're different than other places. It doesn't matter whether it's the Magna Carta, the U.S. Constitution, or the Bible – it's under attack from these people. You knew, Chuck, that this, and, and look, you're, you're, you're in Virginia, I'm in Virginia. Um, to the people around the, the country, I want to remind you, the Revolutionary War and the Civil War both ended in Virginia. And we knew that this was not going to end with the taking down of Confederate statues. Right. That when they were done with the Confederate generals, they were going to move to the Union generals. And then the War of 1812's generals, and then Teddy Roosevelt and Churchill. In other words, Columbus. the whole
0: memory for an entire generation, in fact, two generations, has to be expunged from the earth. Correct. Uh, and here's the reason. And uh, I know you didn't really go into this in your book, but the bigger picture, the elephant in the room, is the intent, the ultimate intent to eradicate not only the U.S., but all nations and their integrity, and to merge them into a one-world order, a one-world government. You can call it globalism. You can call it whatever you want to. You can call it the Great Reset, but they're all the same thing. And when you have that goal, what you basically are doing, A.J., is you are you are substituting America's former trust in God to trust in government. That's the ultimate goal. That is the ultimate goal. Because without that, the rest of this that you talk about and lament cannot be accomplished.
1: 100%. It's a fatwa against Western civilization and judeo-christian values it's no different than when you watching the taliban fire rpgs at those buddhist statues or watching isis crush the temples of the chaldeans and the assyrians in, in, in syria it's no different it is the tearing down of everything they're after everyone columbus day is coming up guys get ready yeah, i wanted to
0: talk to you about that how can this guy columbus uh who wrote in his diary such amazing things about his his vision and why God would call him to do what he was doing at such great risk and to persist. Why would he become the ultimate demon of our time? Let's talk about that when we get back. The Woking Dead, friends, A.J. Rice, his book, $27 on our website, call us one 800 Save usa
2: Have you ever considered what the early church was like? But the same can be found right now. Go to SaveUs.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's SaveUs.org. Click Sell Church.
0: Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. We're confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home, my friends, here on Viewpoint with our special guest, A.J. Rice. His book, The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. We started to talk about Christopher Columbus. His name meant the Christ-bearer, or the light-bearer, and uh, he wrote in his diary, directly quoting the book of Isaiah, Uh, believing that somehow God had called him for a specific purpose to, through a voyage, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ in the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Why then would such a man be under such horrific attack, such that his statues are being torn down, there is no one other than perhaps George Washington who has more statues, more names for which streets and cities are named in America than Christopher Columbus. Why do they all have to go? A.J.?
1: Well, and I'm not sure they know this, the city government of Washington, D.C., but Washington, D.C., Washington, the District of Columbia, actually is the George Washington District of Christopher Columbus. Isn't That's that what fascinating. Columbia. And I'm not sure the people that were very concerned with the Washington Redskins name. I'm not sure they have figured that out yet. But uh, perhaps I should have kept that to myself. Yeah, I mean, probably already, so. Yeah, they're they're already painting Black Lives Matter on all the streets outside the White House. So,
0: well, Look, it used to um, be said, "Columbia, the gem of the oceans." Columbia being used to describe a land that had emanated uh, in, the, in the understanding of the world from Christopher Columbus. Absolutely. I mean, is, is Christopher Columbus a perfect man? No. Are you, AJ? No. None of
1: us are. There was only one perfect man.
0: Exactly. That's the point. So why does he have to go? What is it about Christopher Columbus that makes him public enemy number one?
1: Because one of the goals of the woking dead is to take today's standards and travel through time and start judging people in the past. Mm. And if they don't, if they don't, if they don't live up to some woke crazy standards of 2022 or 23, then they have to go. Churchill's got to go. Thatcher's got to go. Pope John Paul the second's got to go. Reagan's got to go. They all have to go. And that's what they're doing. They're slowly creeping through the timeline, trying to erase Western civilization. And I don't know what they're replacing it with. I think at any moment, every, every elementary school in America is going to be called Michelle Obama Elementary.
0: <laughs> well, more than that, the greater vision, which we were just talking about, is what Klaus Schwab has described for the World Economic Forum. Uh, He calls it the Great Reset. He says, you're going to own nothing and be happy about it. Uh, But the bottom line is what what they're redoing, what they're doing is rebuilding the ancient Tower of Babel. This is not just a geopolitical thing. This is a spiritual thing. If we don't understand it that way, we're missing the point. We're really missing the point. And it's about sure. shifting our trust from the God of creation to the to man as God, i.e. six six, six. Does that number ring a bell? Sure. That's what that's it's all That's what they about.
1: want to do, though. It's called I think they're calling it presentism. Mm. Presentism is and this look, this is why they want an evolving constitution, too.
2: That's true. The living
1: constitution. So you got the living the living Bible, the living Constitution, that, you know, they believed that the only perfect man that ever walked the earth didn't get it right. But they're here now, Chuck, and they're going to get it right for him.
0: Isn't they're that the ultimate pride win, and the it. ultimate narcissism? Yes. Isn't that That's what, what caused Satan is. to be cast out of heaven? Correct. There you go. This is a collective... Whatever other term you want to use, it may be in vogue. It's got to become in vogue. Otherwise, the enemy of our souls, Satan, the arch enemy of the creator himself, cannot accomplish his ultimate declared purpose. I will ascend to the heights of the north. I will be like the most high God. He has to do it through humankind, who was given dominion in the earth from creation. That's how he has to do it. And this is his final moment.
1: And look, he plays the long game, but as long as the Woking Dead are around, it can help speed up his, his strategy.
0: You got it. That's exactly the point. But if we just look at it at the political level, we miss the point. And I think that's where a lot of culture wars have missed it. Uh, I'll tell you, um, it, was a, it was 10 or 12 years ago, I was interviewing Dr. James Dobson Uh, on the floor of the National Religious uh, Broadcasters uh, Association. And uh, I've known him for many, many years before he ever started to focus on the family, by the way. And uh, so I said, Jim, uh, what's the deal with these culture wars? What's going on? I don't see them accomplishing anything at this point. You know what he told me? We lost the culture wars. This is wow. one of the six primary leaders of the evangelical culture war motion, uh, uh, movement. We lost the culture wars, and that was 10 to 12 years ago. Why are well, we losing? Amazing. Yeah, I'm telling you.
1: Well, look, I mean, look, the Roe v. Wade decision was a victory. We can sort of hang on to for at least for a short period of time.
0: Yeah, a short you know? period.
1: I mean, look, one of the things that people have asked me over the years about the former president, Donald Trump, was why do evangelicals like him? Why do Catholics or Orthodox Jews, why do they like him?
0: Very good question. And
1: it might get into the actual reason that Dobson said what he said, is that they weren't looking for Trump to come into the pew with them or preach to them or anything. They were looking for him to be the bouncer outside the church, to stop the ACLU and the woke fanatic. From coming in and disrupting their faith services that he was the man at the door he was the doorman that's
0: blocking. an interesting way to put it he he was a bouncer
1: God uh, bouncer
0: a God yes. bouncer that he was he was coming in to set the record straight not to be a preacher but to be a, a bouncer to say you know what I know what I'm doing I've run billions of dollars Uh, in business and so on. I know how to make it happen, and this is what we're going to do. And he did it. That's why people went for him, not because he was a saint, not because he uh, uh, had not had uh, trysts in the past, uh, because all had sinned to come short of the glory of God. Those are the reasons they went for him. And, uh, you know, we cannot look to him as a savior. The moment we do that, We fall into the same trap as the progressives looking at Barack Obama as the savior. Don't you think?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's sort of how I've explained it over the years. It's true. He's not perfect. Just like you said, Columbus wasn't. George Washington, Winston Churchill, it doesn't matter. None, None of us are. But the attack on the faith of this country, he saw it. His wife is very devout. She doesn't talk about it much. You know the media criticizes her for carrying a rosary and you know different things, but I got to tell you, he gets it. He he's been around a lot of different types of religious people in New York. He goes to church. He's not a saint or an angel, but he sees the attack on faith-based people from sort of atheist, humanist, progressives, and he was here to at least stop it for a short period of time. But there, look. They're back at it now that, uh, you know, the American Meat Puppet is in the White House. They're, you know, well,
0: they're they're trying to annihilate uh, Mr. Trump and his whole family, just as they've done to Christopher Columbus. And uh, the latest is the attack by the attorney general of New York on the entire uh, Trump family. And we're not going to see the end of this. Uh, And what's amazing to me is that he still stands. Yeah,
1: I mean, look, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a politician hunted like this before he's president, after. It's like watching the Stations of the Cross. I mean, it's unbelievable. Mm. And the fact that he's still going, I mean, the only the only presidents that, that, that I've seen this maybe were the ones that were shot. I mean, they, they have thrown everything at this man and his family. Um, and it must mean that his disruption of the game that big government plays I mean, he must be an existential threat.
0: Well, his ultimate existential threat, going back uh, to the foundational issue here, is he came out saying we're going to make America great because that's what I'm ordained as president to do, to represent America. They said not so fast, Mr. President. Uh, We're about globalism. We're not about making America great. We're about diminishing America so that we can be merged into a new world global order of a resurrected Babylon uh, in order to fulfill biblical prophecy. They don't see it that way. They see it as the great salvation of the world. And he uh, he threw a terrifying monkey wrench into that. And that's the real reason. That's the bottom line reason they're after him. And that's the reason why even a so-called Republican president voted for Hillary, a globalist, rather than Trump.
1: Yep, I mean, look—they were preparing sixteen straight years of Obama and Hillary. Obama's tagline, remember, was "lead from behind." So we were going to we were going to lead from behind right into handing over our autonomy to one global institution after another, and they were perfectly okay with it. And he shouted, "Stop!"
0: Right. Like
1: the bouncer at the front of the church.
0: All right. So what you're really saying, what we're really saying, is. This is not primarily an issue of Republican and Democrat. This is not primarily an issue of Democrat parties or uh, of political parties, even though one of those parties seems to be absolutely intent on accomplishing this uh, uh, Vogue virus. You
1: know, a lot, well, there are a lot of Republicans. That absolutely. Are con- they're controlled opposition, Chuck. Yeah. They're controlled opposition.
0: So what we're they, dealing with here to be honest, is not primarily political. It's primarily spiritual. And the political is reflecting the spiritual, the spiritual deterioration. Don't you think so? All right. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you joined us here on Viewpoint. Where do we go from here?
1: Look, you've got a, uh, the country's got an insurrection on its hands, and it's not the one that Liz Cheney is looking into. It's one of parents, it's one of people of faith. You've got to get out there and vote with your feet. You've got to flip these school boards in these states. Send Pelosi into retirement. Send her to Italy. She can uh, have her <laughs> husband drive her around uh, across the countryside. Um, and you got to take back your country because, you know, until we win these elections, it's the only way we're going to stop the wokeness, the the atheist, crazy people that are trying to – pump all of their stuff into the schools and into the government. You've got to get out there. Um, Eddie, and I would just say, go ahead. look, sh- shoot for excellence in your daily life. Don't worry about diversity and identity. Be excellent in one thing a day, then one thing a week, then one week out of a month, and one month out of the year, and you will see, you'll be rewarded for it. You will.
0: Teach your children well. Song used to say, teach your children well. That's, that's not happened for two generations now, and we're seeing the uh, Vogue virus destroying our chil- our culture and our kids. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program today, friends. The book, The Woking Dead, uh, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. It's a hardbound book, $27. We'll put it in your hands uh, on, the, on the website, saveus.org. Give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879 Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling, you will get the book in your hands. Here's a man who's passionate to, uh, to try to make a difference, even though he is an ancient millennial, uh, almost an archaic millennial at age 40 or 41, whatever he is. But he's hanging in there, friends and we should uh, be encouraged by his uh, vigor. So thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint. Become a partner, send your gifts by faith, friends, to save America Ministries. You know we have no commercial support for the reason we confront the deepest issues of America's heart.